Thanksgiving has just passed us, a holiday where a great deal of our nation spends time cooking, catching up with family and friends, and saying what they're thankful for, only to throw it all out the window the next day by consuming our hard-earned, underpaid salaries on new TVs on stolen land. I did not and do not participate on Black Friday because of my teenage retail trauma. Shout out to my first job ever, Kmart. I did, however, create Rocky's random and real gratitude list. <clears throat> da 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 da. Weed. Number one. Chunky ass house slippers. Vibrators, both spin brush and regs. Winning lotto tickets of the past. Memes. Legalization of weed. Concerts. Concerts for real. Concerts are the best. The mute button. Popcorn. Carbs. The ability to parallel park. The invention of Spotify. Seriously, there was a time when I had to burn CDs. I'm grateful for every time I don't have a hangover. Travel. Being born when I was. Imagine being born in 1704. No thanks. All the good people in my life, family, friends, and last but not least, the Party God Squad. What are you thankful for? Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Party God Squad, hello! Did you have a nice time with your families and chosen families? I sure did. I'm very lucky. My family, we like to hang out and go out and be social with each other. My cousins came to visit their Northeast family, and it was nonstop laughs from the moment they got here till our very last hug. One of the cool things about family, especially family that you don't see as much, is when you do get together, noticing all the similarities you have. Personally, I'm somewhat of like a half a jaw rule featuring a Shante song. I'm always there when you call, but not always on time. My two cousins strolled in a little late for a dinner we were having together because they were having drinks at my brother's job, so I ordered their food for them. That way it was in before the restaurant's kitchen closed. Did they order two different forms of potatoes? Of course! We Irish, baby! Before they got there, I made a joke about them ordering potato-only products just as their tipsy little asses stroll in making more jokes about our potato-loving heritage. They didn't even know that I just got done making the same jokes, and that is the power of a bloodline. The next night after this potato-filled dinner was the night before Thanksgiving, a night I always thought was the biggest party night of the year, so we put on our Wednesday best. My Wednesday best is pink neon. And because I thought this was the biggest party night of the year, I kept typing it up. We planned on doing some bar hopping near Yale, and we ended up at this dope bar with live music, which of course we all love. I will say the band looked about 12 years old, but their souls were old, and the music was good. I looked over and on top of the bar was this big bowl of bar nuts. Why? Why do we still have bar nuts, people? That's not right. If you eat bar nuts right now, you're nasty. So me and my family were jamming out to the music and I noticed one of my cousins has this mouth breather standing strong at 5'4", talking right in her face. 
a pest, of course. So her sister, my cousin, notices, and we share a look like, ugh, he was a walking chode with the personality of a banana peel. Now he wants to get all of us involved, and he starts asking us our thoughts on COVID while doing this Beavis and Butthead chortle in between each sentence. Did I mention my cousin who he was hitting on? It was her birthday. And if you saw this bridge troll with your own two eyes, you would have said this woman needs birthday rescuing. My cousin, her sister, the brave and mighty Olivia, turns to this lint liquor and says firm and calmly, Hey, we don't feel like talking to you. We're good. And it wasn't rude. And it wasn't mean. It was called get better lines or don't waste our time. I know life is hard hitting on people in these streets. The color flushed from his face and he turned away defeated. Sorry, we're not sorry, boy. And that's how we feel about COVID. That brings us to Rocky's highest thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, Spotify's weird. I know I said I'm thankful for it, but it's still weird. And here's why. If you don't listen on your computer, you forget it's also a social media app. You can follow people you know and see what they're listening to. So anyone from high school who saw me listen to All Too Well eight times in a row from the comfort of their computer, it wasn't a glitch. And it also wasn't an invitation to reach out. Number two, words are numbers and numbers are words. And lastly, number three, in the beginning of the movie next Friday, Craig just throws the excess weed that fell out from his blunt on top of a magazine over his shoulder. Off into the abyss. That was the most unrealistic shit I ever did see a stoner do. My guest this week is comedian Electra Telsford. Electra is not only a hilarious and insightful comic on her own, she is also part of the infamous duo Two Bearded Ladies. Her wild word was 2020, our old friend from the long ago, not so long ago, and her story is fun while simultaneously being wild. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Wild Nights with Rocky, on Twitter at Wild Nights Pod. I'm on YouTube at Wild Nights with Rocky, so please follow along there to catch extended interviews with all of my guests. To the tried and true members of the Party God Squad who've written a review already on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much because it really does make a difference. A future thank you to all of you who are going to leave a review before or right after this episode is finished. Who loves you, baby? And now, please enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Electra Telesford. Electra, welcome! Thank you for doing the podcast. Of course, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I had your uh, comedy partner on many months ago, mm-hmm. Nora Yaya, and then I had the pleasure of seeing you two in the New York Comedy Festival in your show, Two Bearded Ladies. So that was yeah, quite a treat. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Yeah, I had a great time. You guys had a great lineup and I was loving those shoes. You wore some pretty stylish shoes that day. <laughs> yes, I had on a, I had a pair of uh, like snake skin booties or yeah. I had to take those off. I was like, I've had enough. <laughs> oh my like, God. You did it for the look though. And I was all for it. it. For the look. Oh man, never again. They were just so, they were like pointed at the toes. Yep. It was like my big, t- I was like, why do people do this to themselves? If it's not a chunky heel or 
one of those, like I have a pair of Payless shoes, which I know rest in peace Payless, but I had these black neutral little heels that I would wear everywhere that was so comfortable. If it wasn't that pair of shoes or a chunky heel, your girl stays flat. I stay one with the earth. Yeah, same. I'm like pretty tall, so I usually yes. don't wear heels, but sometimes like an outfit feel like there were no sneakers that I could have worn that were going to work, you know? Yeah. So I was like, just do this. And you know, the thing is like when you first put on a pair of heels, they feel comfortable immediately. Yeah. And then you start walking and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm in pain. I, I'm, I'm hurting. And yeah. I especially feel like after the year that we just had, fashion choices take a backseat to sweatpants, like a, a version of me in 2020 might have felt differently about heels. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> 2020. 2020. So Electra's wild word was 2020. Yep. I'm excited to hear your wild night story. I know the party god squad is excited to hear a wild night story. Electra, give us your wild night story 2020. Gladly. So I will start by saying that I'm not a wild person. Okay. You know? So I'm going to say like <laughs> wild is a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course so, it is. You know, like uh, Charlie Sheen and Robert Downey would have a far more wild story. But for me, this is pretty wild. So it's whatever your uh, definition of wild is. Yeah. yeah. So it uh, starts actually December. How many days are in December? 30? 31. Uh, 31. 31. 31st, 2019. And so this is New Year's Eve. And I basically didn't have plans. I, I always feel like New Year's Eve parties are just always a bust you know like they're not okay not they're not for you not your jam they have such hype to live up to that they rarely ever live up to the hype right so I was at home and then I had a friend uh, I'll call him something else call him Kyle Kyle Kyle's like what are you doing and I was like oh I'm just home whatever and he's like well another friend let's call him James James is cooking for everybody and he's Uh doing like tasting it felt very classy yeah he's like well come over okay I'll come over and this was pretty last minute for you yeah right Mm -hmm. so I I whip up an outfit right and I just I go I go and uh so I go there and it's like everything's very chill as people what they said was gonna happen happen a lot of delicious food and then somebody whips out like some marijuana so we smoke that's you know that's real real normal yes so so we're like let's go out so we end up going out one of the people that we were with is really big on Coke and Molly. That's oh, okay. like their thing. Gotcha. That's their jam. This is before fentanyl was and everything. Right it now, is, it's not. Yes, it's, it's not, not the, the move. It's ever been. So we're all hanging out, whatever. And the girl who had the Molly and the Coke was like, do you want? And like, I'm a pretty uh, non-user, I yeah. would say. But I was like, you know, it's New Year's Eve. So let me try the Molly, right? Had you done them, either of them before? No. Not, wow. So this was just like, okay, she's going all out. This is, yeah, this is 2019. Mm-hmm going to 2020 new year new me right so okay. i'm like give me the molly uh-huh so i do the molly in this i guess everyone in the group does the molly okay this feels very like i don't feel anything okay. you know so I'm like yeah. did i do it right like did my nostrils <laughs> give out on me midway <laughs> give me the instruction <laughs> manual <laughs> Yeah. So do the Molly, whatever. The thing about Molly is like, you don't realize you are on it until you look at what everyone else is doing and you're doing something so different. Cause we were like dancing. Everyone's I'm like, wow, I've never felt so connected to a group of people in my life. And that's how I feel known. Right. Yeah. 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 And was this a close group of friends? It was like a mixture. It was like a mixture of people that I was very close with at the time. And gotcha. then a mixture of, some, you know, girlfriends of this New friends. Person, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're dancing, we're dancing, we're dancing. The music, looking back at it, could not have been that good because it wasn't like a, it was a bar. Like yeah. it was, yeah. like, it was a club, right? We end up going to another place and there someone brought out Coke, not in our group. Yeah. But somebody had an incident on the dance floor. 
Oh, like they passed out? Yeah, like they passed out on the dance floor. And so we're like, is everyone's like freaking out? Is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? Yeah. I've never seen anything like this, but like the person like rises, like sits up, like they like they passed out and then they rise. Like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, so they're laying here and they just like. <laughs> like pop like and then start, back in the box. Yeah, like pop up. And Jen starts dancing like they'd never danced before. Like it was like someone had possessed their bodies. They were yeah. like, we want to obviously party with that person. So yeah, we, yeah, start, yeah. we start partying with that person, having a good time. Then this person now becomes part of our group. And they were and flying solo? Or is it hard to say? Maybe they were just like one say. of the people, yeah, it's, that were just bopping yeah, around. Just say, yeah, one of those people who just night crawlers, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to this diner because everybody's hungry. Yeah. Right? when everyone's famished and they're playing some amazing music okay it turns out yeah that the person who rose from the ashes was a drummer okay then they start hitting this like crazy beat crazy beat and then the booth next to us turns out those women were dancers oh my god i mean it becomes like west side story yeah they just start (laughs) dancing and they're on the table and for some reason, the diner is totally cool with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know it's like the culture of the people behind yeah. the that are working there. So everyone's dancing, having a great time. And it's New Year's Eve, too. And it's New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to have fun. Right? Yeah. So then from there, those dancers now join the group. So now this group is massive. Right? Yeah. And we end up back at the original apartment where the dinner was. I'm hanging out. Everyone's fine. And then, like, some people go into the bedroom. And me and my friend are talking about how good this New Year's Eve has been. And at this point, it's after midnight, so now yeah. it's New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And we start hearing sounds from the bedroom. And at okay. this point, it is the the dancers, mm-hmm. the person that was on the ones yes, and twos. The, the <laughs> ones and twos. And they are having a threesome. Okay. And then <laughs> there's another group of people that were part of the original group, and they are also having a I wouldn't describe it as a threesome, but it was like two different foursome it's like two different groups of people maybe a them some yeah having like (laughs) sex on the same bed so this point there's yeah seven people having sex in one room so there's like four a group of four that are kind of doing their thing we have the threesome doing their thing but they're all on the same top they're all in the the same yeah they're all in the same and this is nobody's apartment none of them live in this apartment one of them gotcha gotcha one of them, yeah. One okay. Of them. <laughs> like, gotcha. I guess he approved. I, like, I think it was mad disrespectful. If the person is there, though. Yeah, it was his bedroom, actually. Gotcha. It was okay. Fully approved. He's and, like, I've been dreaming of this night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So then me and my friend are just like, what is going on? So we're like just opening the door and everyone's just going at it. <laughs> we're just like, yeah. what is happening right now? They're enjoying themselves. And then we just knock out. <laughs> there was no part of you that was like, if there was ever a moment for me to join in on a gangbang, you were like, no. Nah. No, that was not the... The Molly had worn off. <laughs> yeah, the Molly had long worn off. The Molly had long worn off. So we ended up knocking out on the couch and waking up and having breakfast. And that was that was my story. That was my wild night. I'm more of an observer now that oh, I think about it. But it was man. pretty wild. It's sometimes it's better to be a listener and an observer. I didn't say that. Buster Rhymes did. But yes, so I will say this. You slept on the couch. Great. Mm-hmm. You stayed over. Great. In yep. the morning, did seven people pop out of this room like, one after the other while you're sleeping on the couch? Like you missed out on this orgy. By the time I came to, I would say... 
I want to say there were like three people left. I think they just saw themselves. I think after a moment like that, you just see yourself out. Yeah, the sun's coming up. Oh, I got a bunch of juices on me. I got to I got to hit the road. To go. Well, that was indeed wild for sure. And then what I think is interesting about this story, especially is that you have this night, you told yourself that you were, uh, you know, I, I don't expect much from New Year's Eve, you go to this party, you do your thing. And then afterwards, three months later, we hit the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Not even two and a half months later, we hit the pandemic. Yeah. So maybe this new chapter of you where more of this stuff was becoming normalized was starting to blossom and you don't even get the opportunity to have those experiences again because we get locked in the house. Yep. Immediately got locked in. Yeah. And then I think I got the flu like a couple of weeks after that. So I was even out of commission before the pandemic. Or COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was, I was really sick around it. New Year's Eve too in, in the city. Like I remember my coworkers, we were on a group chat. It was five of us. And I know everyone does that whole thing where they're like, I had COVID in January. I know I had it. Mm-hmm. But we really were on a group chat. Five people who don't normally talk on a group chat saying, is this the sickest everyone has ever been in their entire life? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I get it. You you could have had the flu, but it could have been what was going around. And when you said, you said, I'm an observer. I've listened to your comedy. I've listened to your podcast. And I got to see you live, which was fantastic. It does seem like your perspective is very observational, very chill, very even keel but very observational. So have you always kind of been like that? Yeah, I'm not big on being the center of anything. Okay. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. really feel... It's like, which is interesting, right? Because I'm still like a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I was just going to say. Mm -hmm. But like, I I always feel like uh, more comfortable being on the peripheral of whatever, peripheral of what's going on than being the center of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not really my nature to be like, look at me. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because it's like, Maybe it would have been more engaged in this story if there weren't so many people, but it just got to be like a really big group. And I was yeah. like, what is going on? You know? Yeah. So when, when it's my time for the spotlight, I'll be in it, but it didn't feel like my time. <laughs> right, story. right. It still was a wild night part of your life. And yeah. it's something that's obviously not something you're going to forget. It was probably the last biggest party you went to before mm-hmm. things shut down. So that's obviously going to stay with you. But it is interesting that you say that about yourself, how you don't like the spotlight, because I feel like you just from seeing you you command the spotlight when you're up there you have the attention of the room you must enjoy that because you're good at what you do so you must enjoy doing stand-up and being the spotlight even if it is for 10 to 15 minutes a show yeah it's interesting I don't even know how I feel about it it's interesting because like I do like stand-up comes really naturally to me Mm -hmm. I would say I want people to hear my jokes yeah and I would just as soon, like, I wonder if you asked a stand-up comedian, like, okay, people will hear your jokes, but you won't be on stage. Like, they'll laugh, da, da, da. Yeah. They still want to do it because so many people do it for, like, the attention. But I feel yeah. like I would gladly do joke telling on a podcast. Like, I'd be like a Sia, right? Like, Sia yeah. wants to be a singer, but she doesn't necessarily want you to, like, see her face, yeah. you know, or, like, engage with her in that way. So I feel like that's, yeah, more of a Sia. I want people to hear what I'm saying. And because I'm a stand-up, they have to see me, but it's not the most important thing. Right. That's you. You're you're more about getting the point across and the funnies across. You're like, I could care less if I was standing here or not. But that's why you and Nora did start a podcast. And it's kind of like under the umbrella of your brand, Two Bearded Ladies. Mm-hmm. But you two have your brand as Two Bearded Ladies. So is the podcast something that you want to continue? Or is it something that you're like, we'll put out an episode when we feel like it as long as we just continue marketing ourselves? 
That's interesting. I mean, I feel like I'm really open when it comes to a lot of things. Like uh-huh. it feels like working right now. I, I really like working with Nora. I think she's really creative. I think she offsets me like pretty well. Like we have a mm-hmm. good balance in terms of great balance. Yeah. When it comes to the podcast, we want to do it on a larger scale. So we're kind of figuring out what's the best way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is we both have intense full-time jobs too yeah. so it's just our, and we're stand-up comedians outside of each other you know yeah. like we're doing that thing it's definitely on the docket like how do we make this a bigger thing but we're also kind of just trying to balance regular life stuff too and it's hard too right because we all just came back from this world where we were behind a screen for so long like, okay now i have to really balance who i am outside of the screen so yeah yeah when did you realize that you wanted to do this that you were a funny person some people are like i was funny since i was little or some people are like i've had a high school trauma that made me funny when did you say oh i think i'm funny enough to continue this start it up rather so really what i wanted to do well i I have a performing arts background Mm -hmm. i was saying so i went to like a performing arts middle school continued throughout high school and pretty much stopped fully in college or a little bit. How very Taina of you. (laughs) (laughs) So I um I basically put that on the back burner, was like, I get a regular job, da da da. And then I decided like I couldn't teach forever. I couldn't see myself being like 55, 60 and retiring and doing it for that long. Right. So I asked myself, what do I really want to do? And I said, I've, I've always been interested in entertainment. I've always done, been in that, I've been in that space before. So I decided like television writing was what I wanted to do because okay. it's like in the background, you know, da, da, da. And then I noticed that in like my research that a lot of stand up comedians are writers mm-hmm. or more specifically, a lot of people who wrote for SNL, which is where I wanted to write at the time, yeah. went to UCB. So I went to UCB. They had no sketch classes available at the time. So I took Classic. an improv class to get started. Mm-hmm. And then in my improv class, like they have this thing that they'd make us do where if the teacher instructor pointed to you, you would have to tell a story. Then they point to another person and they would tell a story. And if they pointed back to you, you'd have to continue your story. And during that activity, like I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. And all the people in the class said, like every time you talk, it sounds like you're doing stand up. So one of the girls from the class asked me if I wanted to go to an open mic. I went to an open mm-hmm. mic. It went really well. Like it was mm-hmm. like a five minute mic. John Marco Cerezi was the person that was, he's now at the cellar. He was the mm-hmm. one that like was posting it. From there, I just kept doing it. <laughs> I just That's kept amazing. Doing it. That was three years ago. Yeah. And so much has happened in three years. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering like everything we've all been through. Yeah. One year is a pandemic year. So it's really been like two years of of stand up. What are you most excited about now that we can get back out there? This this shit is crazy. Like this is like this stand-up comedy and the entertainment industry are just so much more crazy than you think they are from like the outside looking in mm-hmm. so it's just like just i'm excited for like the roller coaster i'm excited for where i'm at where i i'm able i'm in such a good place that i am able to have these ups and downs yeah I recognize a lot of people just have downs or like there's different like milestones you know and i think i've met a lot of them so it's just a matter of i don't know like i'm just open to like what the what it has for me and like what's yeah. in store because it's like there's just i can't even tell you because who the fuck knows you who know knows? like yeah everything's on jfl it could be a writing gig it could be some random thing i could have never anticipated it could be the podcast it yeah. could be a bunch of, you know so who knows 
I know you're originally from Brooklyn. That's where you're from originally. And I get to speak to a lot of comedians from both New York and LA because of the power of Zoom. And one of the things that a lot of the LA comedians will always tell me is that, you know, they don't get as many mics and they don't get as many shows in a night because they're driving everywhere. Where in New York, you could get five shows in and a night and then everybody's seeing each other. You're seeing the same people. It's like building this bigger camaraderie and less businessy on this side. Have you ever performed in LA or is that something on like a short term where you're like, I would love to, I would love to get out to LA and do some stand up and kind of see what that's like? Or is that not, not of interest as much? It definitely is. Like one thing I've observed with other comedians whose paths look like mine, they all end up in an, they all end up in LA eventually. Yeah. Usually for like some kind of writing gig or acting, Mm -hmm. but everyone says you work out your stand up in New York and then time you go to LA, you're it's like you're miles ahead of it. Like when a Russian person comes and does a math class in America, like they know everything already. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're more, they're more this skilled. More advanced. So, I mean, yeah. I definitely hope to perform in LA at some point, but I'm kind of looking at it like a lot of the more seasoned comics are starting to move out there. Like I look at myself as beginner level in terms mm-hmm. of where my career is. So like mid-level are starting to move out there and I hope my contacts with them in New York will cross over when it comes time to go to LA. So I'm not like starting all over, yeah. you know? comedy is so big on the vouch the vouch is everything this was awesome i'm so glad you shared that story with me i hope that uh you get to have a few more of those wild nights in the future but even to think about going bouncing to somebody new's apartment back with strangers bringing strangers back to your house or a friend's house i mean that just feels so foreign right now um so cheers to those good times and electra where can anybody and everybody follow you on instagram at electra underscore telesport twitter electra underscore teles no ford no ford um and then they can always follow the two bearded ladies yeah that's where they can follow me and the rest of the year you're taking it kind of easy and you're gonna hit it back in january or do you have any shows in the city coming up in december i do have some december 19th me and nora are back at the stand beautiful um at 7 p.m perfect yeah December 19th, you can find two bearded ladies at the stand. Yep. They're going to put on a hell of a show and they'll have a hell of a lineup. And uh, this has been a hell of a conversation. So, Electra, I want to thank you so, so much for doing the show. I hope you have a great holiday and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.